Naledi Muleo on SAFM. It's five minutes after seven. A good evening to you. Welcome to the talk shop here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I am Naledi Muleo with you until nine o'clock. That's when Karen Key will take over from Cape Town. This evening she brings you health matters. So that means we have two hours together and I hope you'll join me on all the discussions that we'll be having. The number to call 0891-104-207. Again, 0891-104-207 or send your SMSs to me on 34701. I forgot the password to my Twitter. Can you believe it? So um, I can't access Twitter tonight, unfortunately. You're more than welcome to tweet me, but that means I'll only be able to see your tweets maybe after nine once I, you know, try and get a new password and all of that. But tweet anyway. My producers will be able to see your tweets. Tweet at SAFM Radio and the hashtag is at is hashtag TalkShop. Um, Alyssa will show me the tweets and I'll be able to share your thoughts with you there. Um, all right. So today what we'll be getting up to, we'll talk first about the metered taxi industry, right? So this is... An industry that has been doing things, you know, the same way for many, many decades. And there's a few concerns that have been raised about security issues, pricing, investments, um, regulations. And so we'll, we'll look at, you know, from a policy and regulation point of view, is the industry largely being overlooked? Aside from city bylaws, right? And, and what are the opportunities that we could really take advantage of inside of that industry? So give us a call if you want to be part of that one. I'll speak to Anna Bonani, who is uh, um, an executive of, of, at SA Taxi. And they've set, a, they've set up a new division. It's called Zebra Taxis, right? So they're meter taxis. And then we've got Janine Preston, who is the editor of SA Commuter Magazine. I'm glad we have two ladies on this discussion because, you know, ladies and driving, usually men would say, no, 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 no women behind the steering wheel. Today it's just the ladies behind the steering wheel. And then at 25 to 8, I'll speak to Catherine Kennedy, who's the director of the South African History Archive. So... Last week, Friday, was the 20th anniversary of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And so we'll look at an exhibition that's running currently at Constitution Hill, um, some of the themes that are covered. But I want to know from you, if you think the TRC reduced um, apartheid to politics and overlooked the root of it all, which is racism, because we clearly haven't haven't really had a full discussion about racism as yet in this country. So was the TRC effective? Give us a call, 0891-104-207. Tomorrow we'll be uh, broadcasting, no, on Thursday we'll be broadcasting live from Bloemfontein, bringing you the Bram Fisher Memorial Lecture. So um, we won't be able to give you a mover and shaker. So we thought, let's bring in a mover and shaker tonight. And her name is Jayshree Varana. She is talking to us about going through university with a disability. She has quite a story to tell, and I hope that she inspires you as much as her story inspired um, the talk shop team. All that and more coming up on the show. 34701 to send us your SMSs. Um, and then we'll keep, we'll keep you updated on what's happening in the sports world as well. So, meet a taxis industry. I'm in studio with Anna Banani, executive at SA Taxi. Anna, good evening. Welcome to the talk shop. Good evening. 
And good evening, Charlotte. So good to have you with us. And Janine Preston, editor of SA Commuter Magazine. Janine, thanks for joining us. It's only a pleasure. Always nice to be here. Always great to have <laughs> you with us. Look, just a bit of background on SA Commuter Magazine and, and, and just, you know, what, what, what the magazine actually looks at and who you're speaking to. Our magazine really goes out to the, the South African commuter who commutes locally as well as internationally. Mm-hmm. So we assist people who are going overseas, who are looking at traveling for the first time, going on a tube maybe or catching a taxi, the yellow cab, how to, catch, how to hail a cab. Yeah. Um, we look with at the local... Not, not, not with your leg. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a South African thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of course. And, of course, we connected to Nomad Africa magazine, which is a print magazine because we're online, and we connect them to also talk to people traveling in Africa about how easy is it to commute in Africa. This could apply to trains, planes, and automobiles. Yeah. We're not really we, – we try and address all areas of the market, right. what to pack when you travel. I mean, I'm sure you've done that, Anna. Absolutely. Um, those kind of things, and especially the taxi industry. We try and talk to people in the taxi industry that try and inha- encourage them to be safe. Mm. I think the safety – aspect is really where we're um, where our country is right now because yeah. people who leave the country and come back always are frightened to catch a taxi but they don't realize we've we've gone ahead in leaps and bounds it's just our roses taxi and all our different um, players in the market are so fragmented you actually don't know who's for real and who isn't That's true. now that uber's coming you kind of look at this taxi and think is he the uber taxi or isn't he yeah because he doesn't have a marking to say mm. he's uber he's maybe heard the word Uber, he maybe have overheard a call going out for an Uber taxi, picked up the address and has gone to pick up my child or your child. Oy. Now how do we ever know that? It's like a needle in a haystack. Yeah. So I was so excited to hear about the Zebra Taxi Initiative because now when people see Zebra they automatically know safe. Right, because it, it, they you can know relate what it to looks it. like, you know exactly Correct. Who, who you're dealing and with. And we can finally have a brand. Yeah. Would, would talk to us about Zebra Taxis. So I think we've all seen them. We right? have. Yeah. I think they're very visible. And I think uh, the exciting thing for us is we've been, um, we've been quite established in the minibus uh, taxi industry and our, our key focus has been uh, building small businesses so really providing access to finance to the small business owner out there that doesn't have that access to finance to traditional uh, uh, institutions or traditional banking institutions so we're trying to apply that specific model into the zebra cabs market right. and and the industry finds itself in a very interesting uh, State, It is, like you've mentioned, Janine, a very fragmented industry in terms of the business models that currently exist. You've got the large cab company. You've got the small, um, smaller cab company, co-ops or independents. The, uh, there's no regulation there's no on regulation pricing or safety or absolutely. The, driver the, behavior. The vehicle standards. You've got an aging fleet, vehicles that are older than five years old, no standardization. So the huh. condition, the roadworthiness of those vehicles are, are questionable. Huh. Then you've got drivers that have different levels of technology uh, literacy that have different levels of uh, things like criminal records. Yeah. Uh, maybe so, so the driver quality is something that we focus on. So what Zebra is trying to, to accomplish is to take that very successful business model that we've applied in the minibus taxi industry and enter a market that is in need of recapitalization. Mm. So it's in need of funding. But it's not only about the funding and access to the finance for a more modernized vehicle, a more customized vehicle, 
people. It's also about the technology enablement, the, the training that's required around customer care, around uh, the, the validation and the criteria of assessing a quality driver into a quality vehicle yeah. to ensure that that safety that the passenger is expecting is, in fact, um, at the core of what we do. Yeah, but is there a market? And, I, I, and we need to get into this regulation space. And I think let's, let's talk first about you know whether or not there actually is a market or is the market just shying away from using meter taxis simply because of some of those issues that you talk about. I mean, I've been in a meter taxi that, you know, I walked in and re- the whole car reeked of alcohol. You know, you're thinking, okay, am I going to get home safe here? I've been in one as well where, you know, halfway on my way to, on my way home, the car just broke down, right? So you're worried about all of those issues. Eventually you think, you know, maybe I should just buy a car. So is there actually a market? I think there's definitely a market mm-hmm. because you have those people who have the fear of getting into a taxi that maybe doesn't have a steering wheel. We're mm. so well known for that. <laughs> really? So, I mean, you see it all over. So, you know, when, when you just want to go from, and I talk from experience of having um, parents who are retired. Now, they want to be able to get to the shop. We're out of town. So who do they ask? Another retired person who maybe is not quite that able to drive and mm. is in their 80s? Yeah. Or rather knowing the cab driver that every month he knows that you're going to go to the shops between the 25th and the 29th of the month. Yeah. And he'll come in because you trust him. So mm. there's a level of trust. There's a level of trust that means I can phone him. Same with our children. And I think we were discussing it earlier. Absolutely. We have children that need to get home from school. We're in a country that lacks public transport big time. Mm. We don't have trains and tubes and we have them but we don't have them. We don't we don't have the safety factor that we all want our children to get there and back safely. Yeah. So I think that from from that point of view we need metered taxis to help for the smaller loads if that's a better option. It, it, you know if you look at transport mechanisms you've got the big truck that takes the container then you've got the, the little guys who take <laughs> families but what about the little guy who just wants to take a wardrobe from one place right. to another right. and that's where the metered taxi comes in. Absolutely. It fills the gap where there's only a three or two person requirement, possibly only a, for people who work late in restaurants. Yeah. My daughter's in the restaurant industry in London. She catches cabs at two o'clock in the morning. Mm. We need that here because our taxis that are organized by the restaurants take the first shift home. Yeah. What about the second shift? Absolutely. And I think also integration into the transport uh, <coughs> network, you know, the public transport uh, transport network. So the first and the last mile service is also something that where there's a real need. Um, and, and what a great opportunity to have a, a brand like Zebra mm. that you know is investing into the quality of the driver, the quality of the vehicle, and really providing the public out there and the passenger out there with a sense of, of comfort. I think you also need to know where you can complain. Absolutely. You know, there's that association that Mm. means that if there's an issue, I have somebody to tell. Right. Mm. When you just pick up a taxi that you hail that has no branding, no marking, who do you tell if the experience wasn't great? And and that goes back to now. I don't know if if we if we can now move into regulation. But again, at the you know we can talk regulation all we want, but that's from a policy point of view, right? So that's all the way up there. But there's there's very little understanding or research into who some of the you know organised structures even are in the metered taxi industry if they do exist. 
And I think that's that's what we lack because yeah. if you phone any of the taxi associations, they generally don't know what the problem is because they're dealing with a driver who mm. own not a driver but an owner who owns thirty vehicles. Mm. He at most doesn't know who's driving his vehicles unless yeah. they just bring him the cash. And and I'm guessing here, but and and am I right? We were talking Absolutely. about earlier. There is now somebody mm. I can go mm. to to say mm. here's the le- regulatory body. He knows he's accountable. Yeah. There's some minimum legal requirements that, that we're very aware of. I mean, the fact that the driver has to have a PDP, which is a professional driver's right, permit, um, and operating permits, meter taxi permits. And they're not allowed to own more than one vehicle, Absolutely. I and I think the important thing here is the guys that we are targeting, that, that driver operator out there, is that legal operator in uh, who, who has that meter taxi um, license, hmm. but it's linked to the vehicle. So the minute you do recapitalization into the industry, you're putting him into a different vehicle. And that transfer process with the Department of, 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 of Transport is very, uh, it needs to be streamlined. What's the issue with that, with, with that process? And I, I've heard that, I mean, there's a, there's a, um, you know, a bit of uh, work that was written by Mbongiseni Zaza and Charles Bow. I don't know if you've, if you've looked at it, but th- they talk about that real problem. And that's why you've got so many illegal meter taxis, because just the, the Department of Transport and the process of getting the permit and then getting the permit for the car just being something that is a tedious mission. It certainly requires, there's an opportunity, I think, for the Department of Transport. It is a tedious process. Um, the administration around it is, is quite tedious. Uh, and, and if we are to unlock this potential in the industry where there's an opportunity to, to, to transit or transform the, the existing industry into a more technology-enabled enabled and a more professional industry, mm. I think the Department of Transport really needs to look at streamlining the uh, operating license process. I think it's also an opportunity to educate. Yeah. To educate the public when you're catching a metered taxi Perhaps there's a way you could put a card in the window that your smartphone, we were talking about the QR Mm. code, maybe that the smartphone recognizes and you take a photo of it and it immediately comes up and says, this is a regulated taxi. Mm. You you know, he is who he says he is. But if somebody tries a rogue taxi, for want of a better word, takes that same card, puts it in the window and you take a photograph of it, you know that if it doesn't come up and say, this man is for real, you know that it's a bogus taxi and don't get in. Yeah. So the fact is we're a security conscious country. Those are things we have to look at. You don't even think about them in New York and London and places like that. But the fact is, I think we should be looking at educating the public on how to recognize a a legal registered taxi. Now, in the country, you also have this view that meter taxis are used by people that have money. Because, I mean, a lot of South (laughs) Africans just don't, have never even been inside a meter taxi because they think, oh, no, only people with money Money can go. Absolutely. And then you do use a meter taxi and you actually don't know what, the standard pricing yeah. is. I mean, I could be charged 70 rand one day to go from here to Crestor and then 100 Correct. rand the next. You know, so, so what's happening with the pricing? Is there some kind of structure that is being set up um, nationally? And then we'll talk about what Zebra has done. I don't think at the moment there is such a structure, but I think with Zebra we can certainly look, and, and yeah, I'll absolutely. use the word we, but I yeah. mean the public and mm. the, the regulatory bodies, can look at setting up a structure because I look at my kids who catch there's four of them that catch a taxi when they go clubbing 
they they call uh, a cab, yeah. they club in together, but it's expensive. It's 400, 500 rand a time, and even between them, it's expensive. Mm. So if there could possibly be a price list that is put up on the back of the seat, maybe, um, or is posted online on an app, that when you need to change the pricing, it changes on the app automatically as opposed to updating all mm. these price lists. Yeah. So I think if you look at all our, our booking uh, channels, you know, be it the app, be it the call center, we're very transparent about the what the rates are. Absolutely. Okay. And I think what, what our pricing uh, philosophy is one of, we've got competitive pricing. It's very transparent upfront. So as you do your booking, you know exactly what you're in for. It's an estimate, but it gives you a good, a good uh, understanding of, of what you're in for. And it's also very simple to understand. We don't have things like search pricing. I mean, mm. can you imagine, uh, you know, at, at, a, at a peak Uber loves Absolutely. The client, the passenger doesn't really know what they're going to be getting into. And I think it is important to have a consistent, competitive, and simple pricing philosophy. I think so too. And I think one of the things is the empowerment of the drivers. You know, Mm -hmm. if you have an empowerment that allows them, I see SA Tourism has a become a South African tourism guide. Mm -hmm. A lot of the guys who know their area, they've got such historical monuments and things like that in their area that when they're driving along can certainly pass on that information to a foreign visitor Mm. and maybe sort of have some, not degree, but some kind of... um, some kind of pass that says at the back of his seat I'm a, I'm a South African tour guide for this area for yeah. the area of Gauteng and, and people can ask him questions and you can ask me questions and I'm able to answer them or you know, possibly look at hiring him when he's on his off time so if he's on, on the chart from 8 in the morning till 5 in the evening they can hire him in the evening to take him to see mm. some of the spots yeah. and that encourages them to, to get more money. Yeah, and that's, and that's growth for their businesses because absolutely the industry as a whole, I mean, you talk to any meter taxi driver, they'll tell you it's really difficult just to get by. I mean, just to, to take care of the expenses every month. And, and so how is it that, that Zebra is ensuring that these are entrepreneurs that are able to have, you know, some kind of reward for all the hard work? Well, firstly, we are targeting existing um, meter taxi cab uh, owners mm. that, that are out there, some of which are drivers that we're we transforming into, into owners. We're certainly trying to empower them as far as possible. So the first thing we're doing is we have multiple, multiple booking systems. We also have a, a corporate sales capability. So we have corporate sales agents that go out there and close deals that allow supplementary revenue se- stream for that, that operator. Janine, you spoke about uh, the localized knowledge. Of, of, of the um, the drivers that is something that is absolutely critical mm. so the training the coaching um, is, is something that we're investing into we've got our own training academy we you incubate as well. Absol- we also yeah. incubate I mean the incubation program that we we uh, put the driver through is is a great opportunity to really empower the driver firstly from a technology enablement perspective that is technology literate he understands that there are multiple uh, revenue streams for him or her and there's adequate training and coaching throughout. Yeah, and I, I think one of the most important things is to, to have, uh, in the olden days, the olden days, <laughs> they had a bus that had an <laughs> inspector that got on it. You know, the Patco buses, all of them used to run because there was an inspector that just got on at any time, checked all the guys' tickets, did they all pay? Were they I all remember that in high school. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, so yeah. The guys get on. They don't have that anymore, but it would be so cool if I knew that the Zebra Taxis had an inspector, whatever yeah. his name is, would get on just at any time, sit next to him and catch a few fares with him. Yeah. Let him drive, say to him, talk to me about your area, uh, you know, what area do you cover? Because it could stop guys from coaching, from poaching other guys' areas and causing taxi wars because I can see that becoming an issue mm. unless you're able to find out where he's driving. So on the job, coaching is something we do. 
I think it's, it's, it's really critical and at the core of that, um, that continuous enhancement of the quality of the driver that we put out there. Um, the other thing we do, which is quite interesting, around the quality of the vehicle is that we have regular inspections. Um, the driver comes in, we look at the vehicle, is it in roadworthy conditions, did you maybe bump something? Mm. And, and, and I think that is, is critical because the passenger knows and that there is the, that regular driver and, 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 and vehicle quality check. Yeah. Is he able also to do an advanced driving course? Absolutely. Because so I think in this... No, no, you need one. Yeah. You need one especially <laughs> in Johannesburg. So, Avoidance yeah. tactics. So absolutely. So when, <laughs> when we onboard these potential um, drivers um, into the incubation model, what we do is an, a driving assessment, a driving skills, a skills driving assessment. So we do outsource that mm. and, and that is a prerequisite. All right. Well, I'm going to open up the lines just for calls and comments, give us a call on 0891-104-207. Again, that's 0891-104-207 or send us your SMSs to 34701. Um, an SMS that says, in Peter Maritzburg, there are lots of pirate taxis and some of them are really fantastic. Let's, th- let's give them a big high five. That means they're also trying shame. Um, Anna, how would you respond to someone who says, how can you take a risk by funding people in the taxi business, seeing that it's seen as such a, a means of life for the illiterate? So I think what <laughs> we have done in the, um, in the traditional mini taxi industries, we've actually invested into that industry by providing access to finance. So we've um, set up small, we've financed small businesses to the extent of about 36,000. And it's that experience that we're taking into the metered taxi industry. Now you can in, just imagine and appreciate um, the, the role that we're playing in, in, in the society. We're migrating that uh, second economy, informal inco- economy individual who doesn't have access to finance into having his own business, mm. into um, running a successful business. And, and by doing that, we are directly affecting their families in a very positive way. So the quality of education and the access to education, the access to health care suddenly becomes a reality for them. And, and, and that passes on to the next generation where you're taking the uh, next generation from school straight into the mainstream economy. Yeah. So I think it's all about um, true enterprise development and the positive impact that it has on the economic and societal uh, fabric of South Africa. Yeah. And I think it's that confidence that we have through the existing uh, minibus uh, business model that's been successful and tested and in existence for, for over a decade that we're applying Correct. in the meter taxi. Yeah. Look, I think we should talk about what the Department of Transport may be overlooking and regulating the meter taxi industry. I mean, we're, we're a tourism-driven um, country uh, in a lot of cities. And so th- there's something that perhaps we need to be doing from a regulation point of view. What regulation is needed at this point for meter taxis to be safer, um, to be uh, you know, more affordable as well, to be more accessible? Taking your calls on 0891-104-207. Our best conversations are the ones we have with you. Call us on 0891-104-207. Tweet at SAFM Radio or SMS 34701. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Still on the talk shop here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. We're talking the metered taxi industry, and I'm in studio with Anna Banani, who is uh, executive at 
SA Taxi and they've set up the Zebra division of SA Taxi and also Janine Preston, editor of SA Commuter magazine. If you'd like to comment or perhaps ask a question, send us your SMSs to 34701 or give us a call 0891. 104207. So opportunities for the Department of Tourism, uh, the Department of Transport to really take advantage of, especially from a regulation point of view. I certainly think so. Um, I th- and I think it's long in coming um, because they're always talking about empowering people. Mm. But when it comes down to it, if you ask them what have they empowered and who have they empowered, they generally can't answer you. They talk in general terms and they talk sort of very flowery. But there's never a specific person or people or group of people they can point to to say, have you seen those zebra taxis? We've been involved in them. We've mm. empowered them by giving them advanced driving courses and checking to see that they adhere to that, Mm. getting into their taxis to make sure it's not another driver, Mm. that actually the driver who's on the driver's license is actually the one who's in the vehicle. Um, We've made sure of that. And you know what? Giving the confidence to the public, because we have so little confidence right now in anything, I think, that says department, that we look look for confidence in anything. We try and say, guys, give us confidence because we need it. This country needs it. And it's so nice to meet you, Anna, to see that there is so many things being done and done properly with transparency to say we're training them, we're doing that and I think if if the tourism guys can get involved we suddenly have 3,000 guys feeling good about their country yeah, but how should they get involved? I mean, if you were to come up with recommendations of where the Department of Tourism needs to step in and start. They need to have all those 3,000 guys in a staggered, and I use guys or girls, mm-hmm. um, in a staggered <laughs> format to train them on, on tourism in whichever areas they're working on. Putting them through that, I think they call it an SA experience officer. Mm. Putting them through that training and saying, here's your badge to say you are an experienced officer. You are now a person who's knowledgeable about this country. You know yeah. the currency. You know what the banking hours are. You know how to explain an ATM. You know where the consulates and embassies are. You keep that in your vehicle because those are so key to picking up foreign visitors. Mm. When he doesn't know where he wants to go and he can't speak English, he's now on the sign language and you have to be able to recognize that he's Chinese perhaps. Mm. And so I'm going to take you to the Chinese embassy because they can speak to you and find out what it is you want to tell me. Right. Because he could be in a crisis. He could have lost his wallet. He could have been robbed. He could have, anything could have, he lost his luggage. Mm. So now that's where I see the guys from tourism, from Department of, of Transport, making sure that when they, is regulating and keeping that regulation going, putting somebody in charge of zebra taxis mm. to make sure that it's a success, educating the public. The public so needs to be educated. Yeah. As I say, most of us don't read anything in the department, anything with departments, we don't read it. But go through the regular magazines, go through the regular talk shows such as yours. Keep putting it back on the radio, on television. Mm. Show them, this is a zebra taxi. This is what you need to see. You need to look in the side window and find that that's there. Note that it's the same as the driver who's inside. And you know what? You'll be safe. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've talked about, um, you touched on women, Janine. Women, absolutely. Yes. And, and, and we talked about how you don't see a lot of um, female meter taxis, but zebra is actually trying to, to encourage women as well to become entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what we've done is we've acquired a we've acquired cabs for women and that is now zebra for women so it's an offering that is very unique it's it's, it's really is for the niche market it talks to safety Brilliant. it talks to janine what you mentioned about you know scholar transport and having your children in a safe transport so we're finding it to be very popular and it's certainly something that we're going to be focusing on in terms of developing our business further. Mm. It's very relevant to the South African context and I think it just gives the passenger that, that um, security comfort. Absolutely. And I think
think a lot of it also goes back to marketing in your area. Because you guys are, your, 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 your drivers are in specific areas, introducing them to the school. You know, the Department of Transport or the Taxi Association can actually take them to the schools in that area and say, mm. hi guys, we want to introduce you to our zebra taxi driver. This is who he is. He can bring your, your, your parents to parents' evening. He can take your matrix out to their matric farewell dance. He's safe. And he is what we're introducing into your area. And it could be four or five of them. Absolutely. Because if you look at in one square kilometer, how many schools we've got. Mm. It's not only schools, it's nursery schools, it's businesses. And it's making sure that you are there with him. Because most of the time, he's not, he or she is generally a good driver, but not necessarily a good PR person. Mm. And they battle a little with getting their PR side out to say, hey, hire me again. Yeah. You know what? I'm really cool. They don't always have the gift of the gab. They're just generally good people, good drivers, but don't have the gift of the gab. And, yeah. that, and that's where they lose out a little. And, and I think that's and where that's you where could train. Absolutely. And that's where we can support them. So we are investing significantly into marketing capability and really to go out there and engage those, the schools, the corporates, etc., to ensure that, 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 it that happens. Absolutely. Yeah. I have an SMS from Khole in, in Pretoria that says normal taxis. So minibus taxis are a headache to government. We can't expect them to add meter taxis to their to-do lists as well. Um, yeah, Hola, thanks for sending in that SMS. I, I, I need us, I need us to, to wrap this discussion up with talking about some of the safety points that we need to be aware of when we do choose a meter taxi, Janine. I think one of the things that you need to understand is who's driving your taxi. So be with, with Uber, they're not marked. It's mm. an unmarked taxi. So if you're, if you're using Uber, we're not like an international country, beware. Uh, rather use a noted person like a Rose's or a Ricky's taxi in Cape Town. Share taxis. So the Ricky taxi in Cape Town allows you to all get in together. Much safety in numbers. Mm. Um, make sure when, you, when the vehicle arrives that it is indeed the person that you ordered um, by just checking if it's a Rose's or Safe Cab or one of those that it's got the marking on the top, mm. that the light is on. Very important that the light is on because if the light is off, it's somebody who's off duty and is snagging somebody else's call and you could be caught in some kind of like a race along the road. Yeah. Be very aware of that. Okay. Um, and when you get in, make sure he has the, the meters running and you understand what the rate is. Yeah, it could that he doesn't take the long route. The yeah, long, that, the, that he doesn't the take the long <laughs> route. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure that's happened to me a few times. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's happened to me, especially if I'm in you know a place I don't know like Durban or something. Uh, info on zebra taxis now. How do we how do we get a zebra taxi? Do you guys have an app like Uber? No? Yes. So we've got multiple um, booking systems. Um, and and oh, really can I ask one last question? Sure. From a rates and currency. <laughs> yes. If yes. I'm paying in dollars, am I allowed to pay in dollars on your taxi? Well, not yet, but we are looking okay, at something great. like that. That's good news. We're definitely looking at... Because uh, I'm thinking of international visitors and they run out of rands. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think definitely multiple booking systems, the one being the app that we've launched, the passenger app. Fantastic. And there's some great features like future dated bookings. I was uh, sharing with Janina a bit earlier. Um, the other one is the call center, um, uh, the web, and street hailing. So we really do cater for the passenger preference. Fantastic. Okay. And contact details? Contact details, we can go onto our website, okay. www.zebracabs.co.za. With an S? With an S. Okay. Um, and you'll get all the information on that on that particular platform. Very easy. And you can and download the, appli the, appli the app as well from that, from that site, so you'll get absolutely every um every Is the app on Google Play? It is. It's on Great. Play Store. It's on uh, iStore. So... 
Great. If it's iOS and, and Android. And All Android right. compatible. Absolutely. Okay, and then for, for for people that want to also, you know, go through um, some of the programs that you have, would like to start business of their, uh, businesses of their own, what, what's the checklist that they need to tick off? Well, the first thing that you would do is, are you a legal operator in the industry? That's very important for us uh, that because the transfer process for the operating license is a bit easier and we want Absolutely. them to be seasoned operators. So we look for that. We do a driving skills course. We look at whether they have a professional driver's uh, permit um, and, and we look at their technology literacy levels. And if they tick the box on all of those, then, we, uh, then they're ripe for incubation. Okay. Great. And um, a website for SA Commuter. www.sacommuter.com. Uh, it will also show you the Nomad blog, which means because we work together. So if you need to get hold of me, essaycommuter.com. And I guess you're going to be writing about Zebra next. <laughs> Absolutely. They're <laughs> right. I'm sorry for tomorrow. Because I'm just so excited about being able to talk to somebody who's real. Yeah. And she doesn't have department or, or, or minister after her name. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited that they will do what they say they're going to do. And I'm going to watch you. You need to give <laughs> me your, your direct telephone number because I imagine that you've dealt with a lot of numbers that end with, you know, three zeros. Correct. You're sent to the switchboard <laughs> and you're just trying to figure out, you know, what's happening in the department. Absolutely. Lady, thank you so much for speaking to us. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting. No, thank you thank for you having us. Thank you, Nelly. It was really great. Great. Thank so, you. Anna Banani, executive at SA Taxi, and they've set up the Zebra division at SA Taxi. Janine Preston, editor of SA Commuter Magazine.